Good morning and uh, welcome to the third part of uh, Sylvan Healing Media Platform. Um, and I'm pleased to uh, introduce my colleague, Feroz Dada. And this morning we're going to talk about meditation and um, the skill set that you are bringing amongst many skill sets, Feroz, to uh, meditation. So um, can you uh, explain a little bit about the process of meditation that you have been working with for so many years and its, its benefits, its strengths, and uh, how it has uh, supported you. Um, so I'm not going to answer your question <laughs> in, the <way> you, <laughs> in the way you put it, Craig, only because I think before we sort of discuss meditation, I think it's better to to first talk about preparation for meditation. Um, because most of us sort of, a lot of my students go into meditation, you know, just uh, in an impatient way, without preparation, and then, and then they don't stay the course. So I think the first lesson, if you like, on meditation is to is to prepare for it. And preparation means really, in a, in a sense, being aware of your breath, being aware of your presence, being in a quiet place. And also, in a sense, allowing all your, all your resentments and difficulties that you carry in your life to let go first. You just want to spend time in quietitude and effectively saying to yourself, I let go of all these resentments, maybe one by one, which burdened me because carrying that burden while sitting in meditation can be quite disturbing, Craig. Mm. So I, I would start with that. Now, after you, yes. Well, I, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the process that people would uh, engage with and, and probably the term I'd like to use is how do you help yourself to uh, stop the monkey mind, all the little chatter and all the little bits and pieces that go on in this, in this process of uh, wanting to meditate? Yeah. So the monkey mind is often caused by these resentments and difficulties that you carry. So... Right. In a sense, you're getting rid of that crazy monkey which you're carrying on your backside. You mm -hmm. can't stop doing that, but you can at least minimize that. Um, then really is a question of perhaps having some technique, um, mm -hmm. because technique always helps you. Um, and so the first technique, I would say, is just simply... Uh, what we call anapana meditation, which is breath meditation, um, which is just to focus on your breath, incoming breath, coming in and out of your nostrils, sitting quietly in a relaxed place. And uh, it could be for five minutes, just listening to your breath coming in and your breath going out. You can feel your mind calming down in that sense. And I say this to... I say this to a lot of people who are, I mean, you can take five minutes off instead of having a cup of tea. Just sit quietly and just listen to your breath. Much more beneficial to reset your mind and allow you to carry on in, in the sort of normal sort of way in life. So I would say 
understanding your breath, focusing and centering on your breath is the first step in meditation. So people that are, um, um, I, I, I must meditate today. I, I, I really, I haven't done my meditation or uh, I've I, I decided that I want to do meditation twice this week or twice today and I'm not getting there. What would you say to them in, in, in relation to that, that responsibility? Yes. Well, look, like everything else, uh, one needs to make time, be patient. You know, I think, again, another another difficulty people have is they imagine meditation as a guru sitting on a mountaintop in complete bliss. Uh, yes, of course, you can get to the mountain and, 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 and sit in bliss, but like everything else in life, you must apply yourself to it. You need to have set aside a little bit of time. Ideally, I would say, um, if you set a time, it's easy. You know, maybe first thing is you get up in the morning, five, 10 minutes, doesn't matter. And then maybe before going to bed or in the evening. Uh, but soon what happens is that you enjoy the benefits of meditation so much that you don't have to remind yourself. Meditation pulls you, you don't pull meditation. And if you don't do it, you feel, un, you know, you feel something is lacking in your life. But please be patient. Please, please persist. Like everything else, the technique is so simple. And that's why people get a bit impatient and bored. But it takes time. You see, what is meditation? Meditation is really, I say to people, um, look at it like this. You are naturally born with a joyful mind. We only have to observe children and grandchildren to see the pure joy they express. And we also have that joy in us. And a bit like a computer, which is a hard disk, which let's call this joy, the disk of joy. And as with our life experiences, we build up the files on top of the computer. And you actually hide that hard disk with so many experiences and so many files. And meditation is really getting back to this place of joyfulness, sort of clearing up the shrubs and the, the, the rubbish that you've accumulated in your life experiences and getting to that natural joyfulness. I like the uh, interpretation that uh, yoga, that, that the breath does not have the pull, but the pull and you find that relationship. Yeah. I think it's very nice. Yeah. Um, the word yoga came into my mind and uh, I was reading a book uh, by Heinz Grill, A Harmony in Breathing and uh, Deepening the Path of His Yoga Practice. And this does lead to a question, so uh, if, if I may. Steering the attention inwards is not related to a specific point. The wave of breath breaks through the perceptible physical boundary. The sensory perception expands consciousness. How do you see the benefit of meditation in relation to healing? Uh, but first, I think we should look at the benefits of meditation. Unlike, in a sense, healing, which is a little bit more difficult to pin down, uh, meditation, uh, meditation has, uh, has good research behind it. It actually shows how it reduces your blood pressure. It, uh, it regulates your your health in many different ways, both mentally and physically. 
These are manifestations mm. which are measured properly. So there's no, no mystery behind the benefits of meditation anymore. It simply is when you regulate your breath and you reduce your stress levels, automatically the whole physical body and mind changes. And this is well documented. So it's not a, it's, it's not a mystery anymore. Um, so that is at a basic level, but at a more heightened awareness level, there is also a sense of enjoyment that you get from that, the benefit of meditation. By enjoyment, I mean mindfulness, that you begin to live in mindfulness. Mm. And you, I'll ask you, Craig, what, what do you understand by mindfulness? Mm. Well, it's a wonderful uh, term that's been uh, uh, well used, coined and uh, grown by John Kabat-Zinn. And there are some wonderful books on his understanding of mindfulness. But I do find for myself that the responsibility of, of both mindfulness and of meditation is, is such that it almost takes you into this place um, of trying to achieve something. So I want to answer your question in, uh, of both those two terms, mindfulness and meditation, is that they're, they're a portal to our inner world. And they're very simple. Um, and I love the use of the cold breath on the tip of the nose as being an entrance into ourself. Almost um, that there's an education of the nervous system that through a few quiet, soft, awarenesses of cold breath, the tip of our nose, opens the door to ourselves to allow healing and to allow wellness, to allow mindfulness. To allow. It's a permission. So um, I think that uh, when we, you and I, uh, talk about making the journey inside, I think it's a little bit um, uh, difficult for people to understand because unless you experience that journey, you... It's difficult to understand, <clears throat> but it's really easier to understand that mindfulness, in a sense, also means living joyfully in the physical sense. And, and the reason for that is simple, that your monkey mind you mentioned <laughs> is it dominates our mind, doesn't it? it it's, even as we, you and I are speaking, there are many thoughts going through us. And this, again, we talk about meditation technique, and the technique I'm referring to is Vipassana meditation, which is a, a Buddhist meditation, uh, which teaches us awareness, teaches us how to live in the moment of now. And when you live in that moment of now, you are genuinely living. You're not living in the past, you're not in the future, but you're actually living, which is what life is about. Life is about living. Life is not about the past and the future, it's about the now. And Buddha said it this way, he said, if you want to practice this mindfulness, you need to understand that the role of sensations. And he said, sensations, is a crossroad where the body and mind meet. Mm. What did he mean by that? He, he, he described it, well, genius that he was. 
He said, every time we, uh, our senses are stimulated, something is happening outside, uh, we are conscious of it through our senses, smell, touch, sight, and then we perceive what is going on around it. So we make some sense out of it. <clears throat> but after that, something spectacular happens. A sensation is created in the body. And that sensation then is triggered by a thought in the mind because it's, the mind tries to relate it to some past experience. And then having related it to some past experience, reacts. Mm -hmm. So there's a continuous process of, of perception and reaction taking place, mm -hmm. which is actually is not a good process because reaction means acting on previous experience, not the present moment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so this Vipassana meditation shows us how not to react to body sensations, which means mm -hmm. that you are viewing the situation in the moment of now, perceiving it in the way it's happening, living it, and then acting upon it rather than reacting. And this is true mindfulness. Mindfulness means in the moment. And it's positive, it's not negative, it's a positive reaction of what is a, whatever is happening at the moment. That's when you begin to live. You know, I remember my teacher telling me, he said, you will never want to turn back because the way of living in the moment is different from the way of living in reactions and in the past. How have you found that to have changed yourself as an individual? How has it re-informed you based upon your life's experience? <clears throat> Um, it's simple, everything is clearer. Everything is, resonates because all our senses, I remember one of our colleagues who'd just been on a cruise, um, describing to me a moment when she was on the deck of the boat and she saw the sun setting and th there was music around opera being sung. And she said, I lost myself in that moment. She became the moment. She actually became the sunset. She became the song. She became the beauty. Of course, you can't live in that zone all the time, but you are close to that. Yes. Still conscious. But this is mindfulness. Mindfulness means you're lost. You're lost in that moment. You become the moment. <clears throat> I'm sure there are many people that would have associate themselves with a particular event like that, where Correct. the beauty of something becomes much more than the, the where they are and who they're with, but, but the experience. You, you become the beauty itself. You become mm. one. You become one with that mm. moment. And this was, this you was were, the real, yeah. When you were talking about action and reaction and the sense of living in the past and the present, the image that came to me, and I think you know me well enough that I often use images to simplify things for people, for myself as much as anything else, um, of, of standing on the, I, I imagine myself standing on the curbside of a, of a, 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 a Manhattan, um, why I chose there, uh, 
because the traffic comes from the wrong direction. So we are normal to see that we would look this way when the traffic was coming. Putting my foot on the uh, on, onto the uh, road and and something coming and and honking and jumping backwards out of myself. And I relate that aspect in this moment is that we are often jumping out of our bodies, jumping away from something we are distant from, or uh, we, we move ourselves in a direction that's not normal because something has happened that we weren't expecting. And I can understand that the, this yeah. breath, it brings you back into the moment, putting you back into yourself. Almost like the shadow has been knocked out of your body and you come back into yourself. Very, yeah. very well explained. In a way, it's like, it's like being angry. And if you allow yourself to react to the anger, you'll say things and do things which you will regret, almost certainly. But if you step aside and allow, allow that sensation that anger fills you with, you know, the, the sweating, the temperature rise, the, uh, the, the tightening of the stomach, it passes. And once it passes, you, you know, you're much in a much better state of mind to react, to act, sorry. Um, and then you're much more calmer. Uh, the vipassana mind, in a sense, is, is automatic to that almost. It's not asking you to step aside because that would be too inconvenient and it just doesn't work like that. It's just not to feel the sensation in, in a reactive way, just allow every sensation to be treated with equanimity, with, with equality. Um, so, I mean, here is a great gift from Buddha. So I've, I've noticed for myself um, and, and sharing and, and I'm just wanting to know whether you've experienced the same, is that in that quiet moment of a few gentle breaths, um, that my, almost like the dust is settling in my mind, it's, a, it's one of those little uh, shaky snowballs and all the little snow, snow is falling. And, and, and then I noticed that there's a sensation that my body makes a natural breath. It's not that I'm taking breath, but suddenly it's like a natural, ah, there's a sigh. And I have this sense that this is the moment where we struggle with mind and body. And this, these two words have been so split by the scientific word world, and yet they are so intrinsically interlinked with each other. We cannot speak about mind and body as two separate entities. But I sense that it's a moment where there is a harmony in the function of the body versus the function of the mind. And they become intertwined with each other. Is that a sense that you have? Of, of, of well, I, well I, I repeat what Buddha said. What do I know? I mean, Buddha said sensations is the crossroad between the body and the mind. You just described it in, the, in your way. That's exactly what he's saying. Mm. Because, so on the one hand, we have the body and the mind. And they're linked and interlinked, of course. Mm. Uh, but they can be in disharmony, as we know. And on the other side, which is a little bit more mystical, but we should talk about that, is, you know, see, Buddha talked about the outer senses, the senses of smell, touch, taste, uh, and mm -hmm. hearing, and the mind cognition is also a sense, and the six, this is a number six sense, if you like. The Sufis uh, looked at uh, meditation in a slightly different way. They 
they looked at it in the way that you often describe praying as chi or prana. Or I think I've heard you say that all the time. That to go inside in meditation, now I'm going to use words which are not necessarily, one doesn't need to stick to those words, you can, just a description, is a way of connecting to your soul in a sense. But it's symbolic. The soul and the spirit is symbolic. It simply means that within our cells, we have chakras. Mm -hmm. Chakras we describe. But these are chakras which are, uh, which are internal, if you like. And mm -hmm. they can be described as chakras or latifa, as it's called in Sufism, uh, which is consciousness, which is mm -hmm. perception, which is intuition. Those slightly mystical, unknown senses. Mm -hmm. and, and this type of meditation, which is a meditation of stimulating the heart. So you, instead of breathing through your nose, being aware of your breath coming in and out, you're effectively breathing into the heart, mm -hmm. which is your main chakra or latifa for Sufism. You're breathing deep into your heart. You're activating your heart senses of perception, perception and intuition. And that opens yet another world of illumination. It allows you to perceive inspiration and act in that way. So it's, it's a way, uh, it's called um, zikr, which is effectively reminding yourself that you are an infinite soul in a human body. I think that's a lovely expression, and I'm going to bring today uh, uh, to a close, but I'd like to share a little parable which jumps continents and also uh, shows the relationship of many different nations. And the Native American Indians were, as many of us know, very spiritual beings and very interested in land. And the story is of the little boy who asks the medicine man, where is the soul? And the medicine man says, we hide it behind the heart where man doesn't go to look. Oh, wonderful. I must use that. <laughs> That's wonderful, Craig. It's what I think the Red Indians or the Indians, of, uh, Native Indians of America, called Mother, Mother, Mother Earth Energy. Mother Earth Energy. Wonderful. Thank you very much, and I Thank look you. forward to our next Thank time you. together. Take care for Thanks, Greg. Bye. Ciao. Bye.